welcome to a new year of Starside Chat, the podcast about stuff we want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> my name is Aaron, and with me is Zach. Zach, how's it going? Hello, welcome to 2019. It's 2019, a new year of things to talk about. A new E3 is right around the corner, yeah. kind of. How was your holiday? It was good. We had plenty of time off. We were going to record last week. We didn't get around to it, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just been catching up on some games and marathoning some TV shows while I have a chance. Uh, Me as well. So yeah, it's been fun. I think we're both starting school uh, the week this podcast is going up. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that'll be fun, I guess. But uh, I don't know. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to be sure. And we should get right into it with the news. Top story this week is something that happened... Uh, this one's big. Yesterday is big. Bungie has parted ways with Activision, and Activision has given them the publishing rights to Destiny Two or to Destiny as a whole. Now, would you say that Bungie is taking their destiny into their own hands? Oh my god, <laughs> I would say that. But this is really crazy because famously, Destiny One was play, probably Destiny Two as well, was plagued by a lot of development issues, issues, and. Uh, People say it's because of Activision. There were tensions. Activision wanted it to be more uh, bad, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I have no good things to say about Activision. Yeah, but, they, uh, they've had a rocky relationship since well before Destiny was released. So, I mean, you hear all those rumors about what Destiny 1 was going to be. Like, I remember hearing something that, like, every race was supposed to have its own first couple of missions, and that yeah. got scrapped. And the one that left got left in was just the EXO mission, yep. and, but just like it, it, it's default for everyone. For whatever reason, Activision, like a year out, was like, you need to change everything about this. <laughs> and so they had to cut a ton of story. So, Yeah, it, it's one of those things where you wonder what could have been if they didn't have Activision breathing down their necks the whole time. And now, like, what could be? Because I th another thing that I read was Activision was the reason that they, one, had all the exclusivity with Sony, and also, two, uh, had to put stuff out so regularly. Like, they had to divert resources. To, like, every fall, there had to be a release. And now, mm -hmm. there doesn't have to be. We could be seeing a fall for the first time in four or five years that there isn't a Destiny release. Well, yeah, so that's kind of, like, the big news here is that they're no longer tied to that, like, Activision release schedule. Like, for sure, they're going to stick to the roadmap that they already unveiled that I think takes us through, like, August. Um, oh, really? I don't, is there anything after this annual pass expires? Uh, I don't know. So that's the question everybody has now is, um, like, what are they doing beyond the roadmap that they've already released? So... Like, they could not have to make a Destiny 3. I feel like they will just because they're still yeah. hoping for people to come back to the game. And I think some people are waiting on a Destiny 3. And yeah. it could be that Destiny 3 launches on, like, next-gen hardware whenever that is. But the, the thing is, they don't necessarily even need to do that anymore. Because they're not forced into making, like, a new release uh, in the fall. They're not uh, forced into making... I think they were going to do four games for Activision. They now don't have to do that. They, it could just be one thing that they just continually update as they go. Oh. And also... It was originally like a 10-year plan. This could go on for who knows how long now. They could keep this going as long as they want. They could stick to the original 10-year timeline, you know. Well, something else. Remember when Destiny 2 came out and it was just a, a very bad time for Bungie and they just like yeah. kept messing up? And then there was a new story that they've decided to start working on a, a new game. Yeah, for what was it? Uh, Net something? Net Yeah, I think it was... Net, yeah, I think it was NetEase. Some it's a Chinese crazy company that mainly does mobile stuff. I think. Yeah, they gave him like a hundred thousand dollars to make something. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe this is Destiny moving into a World of Warcraft type situation, which would be interesting. Yeah, I think that's I that's probably even best case scenario, honestly, where yeah. they can just like. 
not like it makes sense that they needed to make a Destiny tube to get off of the platform that they had created essentially to run on last gen hardware. Yeah. But like now they're in a pretty good spot. I, they could just keep updating, but I think they will need to make a Destiny 3 either when the new consoles come out or just to win back uh, people that gave up on Destiny 2 after that really tough first year of release. Um, I bet it'll be called. I, I bet it won't be called Destiny 3, because if they want it to just continue, like World of Warcraft, it yeah. just has to be a sync. You don't so put be like, numerals on it. <laughs> exactly. So like Destiny Eternal or something, or Destiny Infinite or something like that. I mean, they could just drop it and call it Destiny. <laughs> Ooh, I'm into that. And then, yeah, it would just be them updating it with uh, DLC and stuff like that, seasonal events, that sort of thing. That's interesting to me. But the thing is, like... I wonder, like, what's going to happen with Eververse because that's, like, their in-game store, right? So that's how they monetize stuff. And now that they've gone independent, they're responsible for all the business side of everything now. So they're going to have to take care of, like, uh, PR and, like, marketing. They're going to have to um, take care of distribution. There's a lot that they're going to have to take care of. And Activision supposedly didn't just give this thing up that you know this successful thing up in fact there were stories about how they weren't pleased with the sales for destiny 2 and of course it like they were giving the game away for free on pc for a while yeah so um i'm sure that they were looking into the future and seeing that this was not like a super successful thing for them and so it made sense to you know let them go if it was super successful, they probably wouldn't have done that. But unless maybe Bungie was able to figure out some way to talk them out of it, just because they've had such a bad relationship for so long. But I don't know. I, so I wonder what they're going to do to monetize the game going forward and whether uh, how Eververse is going to change, what the season pass or annual pass type of thing is going to look like. But they're going to have to make money somehow. So they're going to have to do... Like, they got money from PlayStation to make stuff exclusive, so I don't know that that necessarily goes away if it makes business sense for them to, you know, maintain some of those things just to have some sort of cash influx so that they can keep making more stuff, you know what I mean? What if this, what if whatever the new thing is, Destiny, just Destiny, isn't, like, what if it's $10 a month and it's not a game? Like, it's not $60. It's like you just subscribe to it. Like yeah, so yeah, like uh, an MMO. Yeah. Um, I mean, that might work. I don't know if uh, that model works very much anymore. Like, World of Warcraft is sort of a special case. Yeah, it's kind of grandfathered in. Yeah, like most other MMOs that start out trying to do that usually end up going free anyway. So, I, I don't know. Well, so here's the big question do we see a Bungie presence at E3 this year? Uh, that's a good question. Like, they do their own conference, or maybe they just, like... Oh, uh, that would be crazy. They go in with, like, Sony or somebody. Sony or Microsoft? I mean, what if this? What if they're like, hey, guess what? Now we can be friends with Microsoft again. <laughs> uh, and they're at Microsoft. Because, I mean, Sony's not going to have a press conference. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, that could happen. And it wouldn't surprise me if they show up at E3. Yeah, I don't know. Well, like, so what's been in the works for them? Have they already been working on Destiny 3? Like, yeah, I don't know. Did they have a fall DLC that they were planning and working on? So, like, I mean, the good news is that they can take their time with that sort of stuff now. They're not, like, forced into Activision's release window. So, you know, maybe story stuff won't feel so rushed and incoherent the way it has in the past <laughs> maybe they can take their time with it and actually deliver Ooh. on the promise of some Zach, of this what stuff? if this speaking of delivering on the promise what if they're like guess what we're gonna make the game we always wanted to make we're wiping the slate clean Ooh, go back to original plans for destiny that would be awesome right. actually and they just start redoing it. Like, they use the same maps, but they actually populate them with stuff this time they from re- Destiny 1. They reboot it? They make everything up to 4K, and they put the systems in that they wanted to put in. 
Like, wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, it would be crazy because that would be a huge risk just because of the fan base that they've built up and, like, the expectations now for what a Destiny game is or should be. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they can get away with that. What if they're like, oh, man, (laughs) we found this crazy Vex, and then you touch it, and then you go back in time to Destiny 1. Interesting. And then it's like an altered timeline type of a thing. I mean, they released that, uh, WoW released those classic vanilla servers, and people were into that. And I have to say, whenever I have fond memories of Destiny, I'm thinking about Destiny 1. Like, I had those maps memorized, probably because we didn't have a map. It's that thing where, like, Old people are better at recognizing where they are because they didn't have cell phones to look at because they're they're just yeah. like looking at trees or whatever, <laughs> like putting their hands up to the stars. Yeah, I love your concept of how people navigated back in the day. But... I don't know. I just watched Moana, and that seems like how they did it. Okay, well, you might be right, but yeah, I don't know. I uh, I kind of like the idea of it now that you bring it up of them sort of returning to their roots and almost like rebooting the franchise uh, with their original vision in mind again. But think about that, that would be crazy. Like that would be crazy. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know if they could get away with it just because like everybody already associates Destiny with something right now, and to go yeah. back and alter that, especially after years of like. Trying lore. to flesh out this lore and stuff. I don't know. It would be interesting. Especially you know, uh, not without uh, a fan revolt because they're, they're already like, I don't know. There's a, a lot of people who, like I was reading the comments section of one of the articles about this uh, Bungie-Activision split. And a lot of people were saying, well, that makes me interested in Destiny 3. They weren't talking about Destiny 2. In fact, some people were like... Uh, does that mean I should jump back into Destiny 2? And they were like, nah, just wait for Destiny 3. Mm. So I I almost feel like they're going to need to make a Destiny 3 or, you know, some sort of uh, revision of what Destiny is in order to bring those people back. But I'm just remembering like, man, remember in Destiny 1, all the options you had with your subclass trees, like there was just like a ton of circles you could select and really, and in with this one, it's just like the three things you can basically click. Like, I yeah. want that granularity. I want more RPG elements and less grind, I guess. I mean, I don't mind the grind if it's like... I did, I did expect it to be more RPG-like when we first started playing Destiny. Yeah. And the first one probably was a little bit more like open to min-maxing than... This one, the one that we have now, even though it's getting closer to where it was in yeah. Destiny 1, but it's interesting to speculate for sure. It is. And hopefully we'll get more stuff. Uh, they did a big community post, Bungie did, about like, this is a great thing and everything is cool and it's all it's all coming together. So in the coming months, hopefully we'll get sort of a, we'll glean what kind of direction they're going in. It very well could be that they have something to announce at E3 but it's just like a plan and not necessarily any gameplay. Maybe just like concept art. Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I mean, that would be cool too if they just like, I mean, that's a, a long ways out from, because this announcement, you know, it's in early January. If we have to wait until the summer before they're like, okay, now that we're split with Activision, this is where we're going in the future. I feel like they need to probably say something a little sooner than that. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, we're already halfway through the annual pass is that right or is this the first annual pass thing the forge then there's joker's wild and there's penumbra so i guess we're a foot for yeah we're in season of the forge which goes through february march through may will be season of the drifter and then june through august is season of the yet to be determined yeah penumbra i think it's called oh is that what they said i think so but that's all they're saying about it but anyway we'll have more news on this when it develops hopefully but i don't know anything about persona except that that one guy is coming to smash but you said there's some sort of thing they teased yeah so this was uh probably back in december actually it's been a couple of weeks since this happened but and there's been no new uh news about it since but the Atlas, the company that develops the Persona games, was teasing Persona 5R, which many are uh, speculating is going to be an enhanced release of Persona 5. 
Um, I don't know what that Enhanced means. How? Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know what that means yet. I'm not sure anybody does, but uh, the information claims that it will be coming in March of this year. So there's, it's not too much longer to wait to see what that actually is. But I actually wonder. There was also, I feel like I saw a thing recently about how um, it was, what is that, Catherine game? That, like, anime game that was on PlayStation that recently got a re-release on PC, and they were Mm -hmm. saying that Atlas games could be coming to PC as well. My, I wonder if this is, like, a re-release of Persona 5 and it comes out on PC. You don't think it's going to come out on Switch? Uh, no, probably not. But Smash, though. I mean, I would love that, but I don't know that they're partnering with Nintendo, but there has been a thing that just came up uh, as a PC release, so it makes me wonder if Persona will eventually be coming to PC, which would be awesome. I mean, I would love it on Switch, and it would make sense on Switch as well, but who knows? Zach, this next thing, I hope you didn't click it yet. Did you click it? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, don't click it. So, uh, I told you not to click it, Zach. I just put my pointer on it. I didn't actually click it. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Mortal Kombat, uh, you're, we're all familiar with that IP, right? Yeah, Mortal Kombat, yeah. Warner Brothers is developing an animated movie of... Mortal Kombat that they're going to release all uh, like into the Spider-Verse and there are some names attached to it. And I want you to guess who is playing oh, gosh. who who is your dream actor for Johnny Cage? Johnny Cage. Someone who is a little bit arrogant but like a he's got like a cool voice. Man, I'm drawing a blank. Zach, they've hired Joel McHale. That would not have been the person I would have said. <laughs> Joel McHale and the sister from Dexter, whose name I don't remember, are attached to Star in Can I this... click on this now? Yeah, you can. It's just going to tell you that it's Joel McHale. Uh, they're attached to Star in this thing. And, you know, in the, Into the Spider-Verse, I've not seen yet, but I might actually go see it uh, tomorrow, uh, is being heavily lauded. Everyone loves this movie, yeah. and it's a, a boon for animation. And people are like, you know what, maybe... Animation is the way to go, especially with something like Mortal Kombat, where it's so fantastical. Uh, and they got a big name, Joel McHale, to be there. It seems like in this, Liu Kang is not going to be the main character. It's going to be like from Johnny Cage's perspective, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like get a, the Joel McHale casting, but um, well, I mean, he's like in Community, he's kind of like uh, you know, like uh, what's going on? Like I'm this guy. Yeah, I guess it that's is actually just, a really good impression. It's just a, a voice acting part he's not like physically playing the part of johnny cage but i don't know about like uh in the games but in the movie for sure the uh the movie that uh happened like in the 90s johnny cage is sort of like a buffoon and i like the idea of uh oh man what's that kurt russell movie big trouble in little chinatown of it being like big trouble in little chinatown-esque where it's just big he thinks lo- he's big really trouble tough. in little china yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. I thought it was Chinatown. Nah. Anyway, yeah, he, if he was like that Kurt Russell character kind of where he's like kind of a, oh, yeah, I'm a karate guy, but he's just actually a big buffoon and he's wandering around in this crazy environment. Actually, I think that would be funny. you know what? I can see Kurt Russell from the 90s playing Johnny Cage. That would be great. Casting. That would be awesome. Too but, late. But uh, I don't know. This is a little interesting to me just because I want to see more about that new Mortal Kombat game and we haven't really seen anything except for what they showed at the Game Awards. But Is this a movie or a TV show for like Netflix? No, no. It's a film, I believe, mm-hmm. being developed by Warner Brothers. Man, uh, video game movies are making a comeback. I suspect, yeah. I, I think at one point I wrote a thing. I don't even remember what it was for or when, but I wrote a thing where I was like, with all these comic book movies and these uh, superhero movie franchises and cinematic universes, like video games is very clearly the next like source of material for the like people oh, yeah. that are looking for like you know movie franchises. And well, I just it took years, but we're like this year is like going to be the start of that. I just read an article about how 
there's a Minecraft movie in development. And also, you know there's some inept Sony exec like scribbling on a piece of paper like Fortnite movie right now in a dark room. <laughs> oh, they already have the like just considering the amount of money that that franchise is making and just how big it is in terms of like social media. Like every movie studio would love to have Fortnite the movie oh, yeah. uh that they could start posting like trailers and teasers for. But anyway, uh I thought this next thing is kind of a bummer from the high we were just on. But uh, do you remember The Last Night? No. You'll see it. Once you see it, you'll recognize it. It's that kind of 2D, very stylized, cyberpunk, Blade Runner-esque game. Oh, yeah. It was all over E3 in 2017. Uh, it was very cool. It was one of my most anticipated games. But they've been hit by massive development delays. And now they're currently raising funds and they're like reaching out on Twitter like, hey, get in touch if you want to fund us. So probably not coming out in 2019, I would say. But uh, it's kind of a bummer. I was really looking forward to this. What if Activision takes the money that they're saving no. by not dealing with Bungie anymore to buy this? I would hate this. That would be terrible. <laughs> and yeah, I also, I this was not really sure. This alley anyway. I wasn't really sure what this was going to be. Like... Is it story based or because it's just a side scroller? So I'm like, are there levels or is it more immersive? Uh, I really wanted to see like more gameplay of it, but I guess we're gonna have to wait a while for this to come out. And this actually leads me into something else. We should make a video on games that have just disappeared because I have a list of three or four games that I was really excited for and have just like completely vanished and. Uh, I feel like it would be cool to do a deep dive on those. Yeah, there was one that I remember seeing. It was like some retro, I want to say it was like sort of a twin stick shooter that was like uh, sort of retro pixel art that uh, was supposed to be a Switch launch title. It, and oh. it was like, I think it was set in Hawaii. I forget the name of it, but... Oh, Retro City Rampage? No, no. It was, uh, I think Hawaii was even in the title. I, I, Retro City Rampage 2, Hawaii? No. Uh, I, that does I exist. To, I would have to look for this because I, I know I saved it at one point because I was like, I need to find this game because uh, I wanted to play it. Anyway, we should combine lists and uh, make a little vid because I think that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, other than that one, I don't have any off the top of my head that I could think of, but that game was supposed to be a Switch launch title, and then it just, like, it got delayed once, and then, like, I've not heard anything about it ever since. <laughs> so, I don't know, and we're almost, like, what, two years away? Yeah. Um, We talked about uh, Epic a little while ago, because we were talking about Fortnite, but... They make big waves around the time the game uh, the game awards happened because they made their own store, and the big thing was like, hey, guess what? Steam only gives developers so much percent of the revenue, and we're gonna give way more. So everybody come check out. And they had a couple of uh, Epic Store exclusives on PC, like Hades was one, and I think there was a couple more, but. Revealed earlier this week, Division 2 is not coming to Steam at all. It's only going to be on the Epic Store and obviously the Ubisoft launcher, whatever you play. But uh, what do you think about this? I mean, uh, Steam is going to have to change that. Like, that'll be a thing this year later when Steam eventually reacts by, like, their monopoly is threatened right now. So they're going to have to change uh, the revenue split. But... Yeah, I don't know. I haven't downloaded the Epic Store so because right now there's nothing on it that I want to play. But exactly, yeah. Uh, we also talked. You and I talked about this when the news broke that this was uh, the case, and we were both like, "Well, we're going to end up playing it on console anyway, so it's not really yeah. a big deal to us personally." But if you're somebody who played the Division on PC on Steam previously, and now you have to go get a different launcher in order to pick up where you left off. Um, I don't know. That's going to feel not great for those people. I mean, it's all going to be the U, the Uplay store underneath everything. Like when you launched it in Steam, it would just launch the Uplay store. 
but yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, I think we we are definitely going to get Division Two, and we'll talk about it. But yeah, we're going to get it on consoles just because it's easier for us to do. And also, I think Division One didn't they weren't they plagued by a bunch of like wall hacking hackers and like crazy stuff where people had already cheated the game and become invisible in the dark zone or whatever it was called. And so it was like very not fun. Like there were a bunch of streamers the week it came out having like really bad times because uh, people had just figured out how to break the game. And the console versions were a little bit more safe from that. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's generally the case. But I don't know. Like, because we have you and I and one of our friends play Division together. And uh, our friend doesn't have a gaming PC. So. Uh yeah, we're not going to just abandon him to no. play on PC. So uh, like, I assume it's still going to be like squads of 3 in this one. So like the ideal yeah. way to play is with two buddies. Right. So I don't know what the Epic Game Store is like or but you're right. It probably will just be a thing that launches the Uplay thing. So it's kind of like, well, why does it matter whether it's exclusive to the Epic Game Store or Steam? Because mm-hmm. you're just going to be launching a different client anyway. It may as well be exclusive to the Uplay client. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I guess this is a big put. This is like the first major title. I feel like that's going to have Steam being like, "Well, is it time? Should we announce something?" Is it about- like a timed exclusive? Do you think that they'll eventually oh, be able know. to buy it through Steam? Because I I forget which game. Uh, when they initially talked about the Epic Game Store was exclusive to the Epic Game Store and everybody was like, I'm just going to wait like six months to a year until this eventually makes its way to Steam. Mm-hmm. Just so that they wouldn't have to download another client. I don't know. It's a good question. I guess it remains to be seen. But, and I mean, we're talking right now on Discord, which also has yeah. a store now. <laughs> That's true. So the waters are getting a little full. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like I get people not wanting to have to download multiple clients and have games scattered across like five different game stores, but uh I guess I don't think it's that big a deal to be honest, but I understand why people would be upset about it. Well, let's move on to our feature this week, which is a compilation of games we're excited about in 2019. Last episode we did our top 10s of uh 2018. And now looking forward, we're going to talk about some just going down this arbitrary list. I don't know if it's, I guess it's in alphabetical order. But the first one that piques my interest is uh, Animal Crossing for Nintendo Switch. Really? So I I asked you if you're going to put together like a top 10. I did not. Did you? I did, but I only made it to number nine. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I would say probably. I'm trying to think of like just scrolling through this list what my number one would be. I don't have, I mean, obviously, if Last of Us Part Two or uh, Death Stranding come out. Well, yeah, so that that's the thing. There's so many games right now. Even if you look at this list that we'll have linked, um, there's so many things that are just sort of TBD. We don't know if they're actually coming mm. out in 2019 or not. Like The Last of Us Part Two, Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima. Cyberpunk 2077, oh, Metroid yeah. Prime 4, Halo Infinite, Beyond Good and Evil 2, a new Pokemon game on Switch, Elder Scrolls 6, Starfield, a new Dragon Age, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, Neo 2. All of these are games that could either come out at some point this year or next year, and most likely it's going to be next year. So that's yeah. like a lot of games, and they're like some of the like most heavy hitters that these companies are making too, so... It's, so it's hard to say. Definitely, definitely, Doom Eternal is. I feel like definitely coming out next year, and it's something I'm super excited for. Next and we'll year, get or this year? This year, I guess. Okay. It's 2019, I guess. Uh, so definitely, Doom Eternal is one I'm very much looking forward to. I think you're right. I think a lot of these are eventually going to come out in 2020. Well, yeah, with- and that makes you wonder, especially for like something like Cyberpunk 2077. That's oh, yeah. like my guess is that's going to be like q1 of next year and because they said they were targeting current consoles so it'll do that Mm. and then like if ps5 and the next xbox then launch in the fall it gets like a re-release it's like a launch window game for those 
Yeah, maybe. I feel like that was one of the reasons Destiny 1 got messed up is because it was straddling that gap, and so it had these limitations. But maybe they have learned from straddling the PS3, PS4, yeah. Xbox 360, Xbox One gap how to better develop for that and develop for instances where you can increase by getting a new machine. But Well, and the other question is how big a leap are the new consoles going to be over what we have now? Yeah, good question. And also, how much will it matter with a game that's not like always online? Yeah, that's true. But uh, I mean, if I mean, Cyberpunk 2077, if it comes out this year, would be my number one most anticipated game, like like by a, a country mile. But uh, it most likely isn't coming out this year. So yeah. I would have to say for me, it's Anthem and The Division 2 and yeah, I would Doom say Eternal, probably. Doom Eternal for me, probably Division 2, Devil May Cry 5, I'm very excited for. Um. That's definitely coming out in March. Yeah, that's uh, one of those Bayonetta-style games that you're super into. Yes. Very um, excited for that. I'm very into The Outer Worlds, which is that... Oh, yeah, that, that Obsidian. Yeah, the Obsidian game that is like an, a new Fallout type of a game that I'm super into. But uh, that's I don't think has an actual release date uh, other than just mm. 2019. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Uh, also, that control game. Do you remember that from? Oh yeah, E3? we had that crazy gun that was always like pulsing. Yeah. So Remedy Entertainment, that's known for uh, Alan Wake and Quantum Break, which is not a great game. Uh, <laughs> but the the trailer for uh, at E three last year looked pretty amazing. Uh, also, no like firm release date, just twenty nineteen. Oh, you know, speaking of. No firm release date. Something you talked about Bayonetta like games uh, earlier. Bayonetta 3 was announced like two E3s ago and we haven't seen anything about it. So maybe we'll see some Bayonetta 3 stuff at E3 and maybe it'll be released in the fall. That would be great. Yeah, that could be. Especially if, like, because what else is coming out this year on Switch? Supposedly a mainline Pokemon game. That's what the rumor is. Well, that might be next year. You think so? I was looking up, uh, I think I was researching, I was trying to figure out uh, which of these TBD games were coming out this year and which ones mm-hmm. were likely to be held for next year. And the new Pokemon one was among them as far as like the speculation of what might get pushed to next year. Yeah. So, and we also, we've ne- we haven't seen anything about any kind of Metroid Prime for Switch and people really want that. That's like one of the last franchises that hasn't made its debut on Switch. Like, they did their Zelda, they did their Mario, there's been a Kirby, there's been a Yoshi that's coming out. So... Yeah, I was going to say, I think the two big Switch releases this year is going to be a new Yoshi and the new Animal Crossing. Which will be interesting. Yeah, and then I don't know about the rest of them. They're kind of the ones that are up in the air, but... um, Oh, yeah, also a new Fire Emblem game. So that'll be another one of those Nintendo games mm. that will be considered one of their big releases for the year. Do you care about In the Valley of Gods? Uh, I do mainly because I like the developer. Yeah, Firewatch. We both played Firewatch, right? Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed Firewatch a lot, even though I wish the ending had gone a different way. Yeah, I thought it was great. Is, aren't they making a movie? Oh. A Firewatch Yeah, that could movie? be that would be a really good movie. I, I mean, it's a simple premise, so that could make a really good movie. I hope they change it. I hope they change the ending to something else. <laughs> what else is there? Oh, yeah. So Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to come out later this month. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other games that are worth mentioning. That Sekiro Shadows Die Twice game coming out yeah. in March. You know, supposedly, so we talked about Mortal Kombat. Supposedly that's coming out April 23rd, even though we haven't seen anything about it. Yeah, it seems early considering they've not really shown us much about it. But the first time we heard tell of it was at the Game Awards in December, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that's like March through April and May is going to be pretty packed already. Oh yeah, just because so much stuff got pushed back um, to try to avoid Red Dead. Yeah, I feel like March in general is always a heavy time for game releases. Like that's when I think that's when Devil May Cry Five is coming out. That's when the Switch came out. Like. March is just a good year or a good month for games. 
sometimes it feels like a year and one month yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh there's also uh speaking of games that we don't know if they're coming out this year or not is that star wars jedi fallen order game from uh the titanfall developer what is that it's star wars jedi fallen order uh, what is, like what is it we don't know yet so uh respawn the developer of titanfall uh teased it at e3 last year they like it was weird they kind of like the person that was interviewing him just like sat down and they were talking and he was i remember this yeah they were talking and he was like uh we're gonna say the name of it now and so he said the name of it and he's like which obviously means you'll be playing as a jedi and then that was it i remember that that was very hard to watch (laughs) yeah it was really rough uh so i would say at the earliest that game would be like pretty late 2019 if it comes out at all in 2019 what is at bethesda's press conference at e3 this year is it just doom eternal well so rage 2 is coming out in may 14th so they probably won't be showing any of that anymore at that point dlc unless they have dlc to show but do you think we get more starfield I mean, I, I'm hopeful that they'll be mainly talking about Starfield for that press conference. But That would be great. I would love that. Yeah, if they kind of deep dive uh, that game for E3, that would be great. Uh, Timestamp this, or let's uh, capture this audio, or just remind me. I bet they don't say anything about Fallout at their press conference. I bet they do. <laughs> you think so? I'm going to take the counter argument here that... Uh, Fallout 76 is not dead, that they're not going to give up on it just because, like, it... I feel like people eh. aren't talking about it anymore. Yeah, but I mean, like, people stopped talking about No Man's Sky, uh, or No Man's Sky. Is that what it's called? Yeah, after it launched and it was super disappointing, but that game is still going. Like, these big online games, they like, developers don't just quit on them after, like, a few months. Yeah, I guess that's true. So, I mean, we can place a bet on it, but I would bet that they would have some sort of big DLC plans that they're going to unveil at E3 this year. So my bet is they have big DLC plans that they're going to talk about at E3, and yours is that they will not talk about it at all. I think if they... So my my thing is maybe they'll be like, well, I guess they'll make some snide, especially if Todd Howard is there, he'll be like, well, we we messed it up. Or he'll say something really like, you know, he has a leather jacket on. <laughs> uh, he'll say something like, oh, what's Fallout? More like Fallout 70 Nicks. Nicks that idea, right? And then everyone's <laughs> going to clap. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> something like that. I want to have an E3 press conference where you pretend to be Todd Howard. And oh my God, that would be so good. <laughs> that would be great. But He's such a... I mean, he's a divisive personality, but I just, every time he gets on stage, I am just enraptured by whatever he's saying. Oh, I know. Like, we watched that Fallout 76 thing, and the whole time I was thinking, man, I don't really want to Fallout an online Fallout, but the rest of the time I was like, I, I'll i buy this, whatever you say. Yeah. He's just like a cool guy. I mean, he's definitely very, he's got a lot of bravado, yeah. but uh, he knows how to work a crowd. He does. He's uh, and it's well, exciting because I feel like we haven't seen him in a long time. And when he came out, he was at two. No, I think he was at three different press conferences. Yeah, he was last everywhere. E3. He just kept showing up, and every time I was like, "Oh man, this is what's going to happen." He's he's got something to say. So I don't know. Well, we were we'll also say. like living high on the fact that he was going to say the word Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six yeah, or whatever. True. So. Which did eventually happen, but not quite as much as we wanted it to. But what about this? Do you think we get a subheading for a subtitle for Elder Scrolls Six, like whatever it's called, location, whatever? Yeah, it could. At E3. It could be. I don't know how far out those games are, though. Is the only thing. I mean, they had that aerial shot. They probably. I mean, it's it's definitely in development, and they probably definitely know what part of uh, Tamriel this game takes place in at what point during the um lead up to skyrim did they announce the name skyrim Hmm. i don't remember yeah i remember the iconic uh thing that was like uh 11 11 11 exactly yeah and then all the letters turned and it said 11 11 11 everybody freaked out 
Yeah, I remember that, but I don't I don't remember if that was like a year before the game came out or if that was the same like the E3 of the year that the game came out. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good point. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm very much anticipating anything about Starfield. Yeah. We'll I am as well. I I mean, I'm a little bit worried about it cuz I think people like Fallout 76 has kind of hurt Bethesda's reputation a little bit and they're everybody's especially after that conversation happened where they basically uh in not so many words confirmed that starfield and elder scrolls 6 were were gonna be on the same engine that uh fallout 76 was on Mm. but i mean obviously there was also that whole conversation about how people don't really know what they're talking about when they refer to a game engine (laughs) and they just like are saying that even though it's like a game engine is bigger than just like one piece of software or hardware or anything like that so yeah i don't know i i hope that because the other thing is these games are likely to come out around the time that another console generation launches so my hope is that whatever they end up being they're capable of running much better than we've seen from like fallout 76 and even fallout 4 well and it doesn't have to be networked i mean supposedly these are single player experiences but and i also think that they won't be coming around coming out around the same time because this is sort of like a disney situation where disney owns marvel and star wars and they're not going to put infinity war up against like the next star wars yeah. movie for instance oh, they're for gonna sure. stagger it for sure so we're gonna get one and then probably a year later we're gonna get the other and we're probably gonna get starfield first yeah i think starfield is coming before the next elder, elder scrolls and they could be even like more than a year apart so yeah which is why i don't think we'll hear what the subtitle for the next elder scrolls is yet but i don't know they've broken precedent because like they didn't ever used to talk about what they had in development further out than like a few months or a year yeah. you know what i mean i don't know man i feel like they could just be like guess what valen wood i think everyone thinks it's valen wood wouldn't that be just like a single just like they did with the last one they talk a bunch about starfield and they're like and we got one more they got that one more thing my favorite thing and it's just like a little bit more footage like maybe just like close up on it like a khajiit's eye or something and uh, it just says, like, Valenwood, and everyone freaks out, and that, like, dominates the news cycle for a day. Here's another thing. What if they also, just to make everybody freak out, they say, no online? Because I feel, <laughs> I feel like at following Fallout 76, <laughs> they just all scrambled to, like, remove all online features from Starfield and uh, the next Elder Scrolls game. They're like, nope. Just delete those right out of the plans. They also like really want people to care about Elder Scrolls Online, and I feel like nobody does. Like they're always talking about like, well, we've had a great year with Elder Scrolls Online. We had this great uh, like Morrowind expansion or whatever, and people are just like silent. Like get to the stuff we actually care about. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe they have burned themselves a couple more times on multiplayer I stuff. Mean, they, so they, they actually. I feel like they owed it to themselves to give it a chance. And yeah. because those games typically not, I guess not typically, but those games can do very well and make a lot of money for companies if they're done right. But they've tried it and I think they've both failed. So they need to go back to what they do best, which is I not think, doing online stuff. What we've, we've talked about, I feel like we've talked about this and I think what people want, the happy medium is you want Skyrim that you can play with a friend. Like you want someone can drop in and you cooperatively just you two mm-hmm. play a rich store. Like you want a divinity original sin basically, but as Skyrim, you don't need a bunch of randos running around naked, shooting you like interrupting your story experience. You want like uh, a similar to like animal crossing where you can just like drop into someone else's world and play through a mission. But it's also, it's open. It's like the elder scrolls formula, but with an addition of, like a cooperative partner. Like that would be the perfect ideal. Yeah. And I think if they're going to, if they wanted to do something like a fallout 76, it needs to be structured more like the way destiny did it. Like destiny is sort of the trailblazer in that type of a game. Mm -hmm. And it baffles my mind when like 
companies try to make a game that's sort of like a Destiny, but they just ignore everything that Destiny did. <laughs> because, um, like, even the division in the Dark Zone was kind of like that, where you're like, why did you, like, I, I guess you're trying to find your own identity and do something different, but, like, I don't know, it's such a dumb thing when you could have made some, like, you've seen how this sort of formula can work and then you just didn't do it that way but you're you're right like nobody really wants to have an open world where you're starting missions and trying to talk to like npcs and then there's just like this naked uh, other player running yeah. around like trying to shoot you in the head for no reason like it is awful that that's a a way that the game will eventually play out because that's how <laughs> people play online. But I mean, I guess that's the difference between like a fully open world that happens to also be online and a more Destiny style world that's like not really truly open world. It's like a little I bit mean, more structured than that. The ideal is like you curate the player base. And so everyone, like, you only let people in who aren't going to, who are going to role play. So, like, it is like uh, there's nobody jumping around or anything. And people respect these unwritten rules, basically. I guess they would be written. But wouldn't that be crazy? Well, like, I mean, an MMO where everyone, like, is role playing. Like, there are servers that exist. Like, there's role play servers of WoW. But Well, the thing is, that's what they inevitably think is going to happen. Like, that's what Bethesda had in mind. They're like, these people are totally going to role play. And then they forgot about the fact that most of the people that play games online are kind of jerks. <laughs> like, <Terrible>. they, <laughs> they don't care about role playing. They just want to go mess with people. Like, that's it's what true. online games are to those people. And they those people probably outnumber the the amount of people that want to actually role play in fact we kind of talked about it a little bit with our red dead discussion that we did and i i think i'm writing a thing about red dead online and how it should be more like destiny uh, as far as like the the free roam should be more like a one of those patrol spaces yeah, because that's, that's good put yeah because the way you make your community not toxic is you don't make everything constant PvP. You make it PvE. And then instead of people constantly going and messing with other people, people work together. And mm -hmm. so instead of that's how you sort of without trying to or making it super obvious, that's how you sort of curate the community like you were talking about. You make like if you present them with an environment where they're they're supposed to work together, people will work together. Whereas if you present them with an environment where they can possibly kill each other, they're just going <laughs> to do that and nothing else. <laughs> you raise a good point about human nature. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, you've seen Mad Max, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, should we get to what we're playing slash watching? Uh, I suppose we should. Uh, hold on. Should we? I can just read off the other games that we don't need to actually talk about that are coming out. Okay. Uh, so Skull and Bones is coming out 2019, presumably. Uh, Wolfenstein Young Youngblood. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So that's coming out supposedly 2019. No firm release date. Uh, Animal Crossing we already talked about. Atomic Heart. Uh, is an interesting one. If you watch the trailer, it's from a Moscow-based developer. It's a first-person shooter game in like an alternate reality version of the Soviet Union in like the oh, 1960s. Yeah. You remember that one? Kind of, yeah, kind was, of Bioshock. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like a, kind of like in the wilderness. But there's kind of like a weird robot carnival esque. Kind yeah, of thing it's it's really bizarre. I'm not sure what's going on there yet, but it's kind of interesting looking. Um, then there's Babylon's Fall, also 2019. Uh, interesting mainly because the developer is Platinum Games, the developer of Vanquish, Bayonetta, and Near Automata. Ooh, uh, it looks very medieval, but I don't know much about it. Um, then there's Devil May Cry. I guess what you already mentioned that Hooray. March 8th. Uh, Dreams, a PS4 exclusive by Media Molecule, the Little Big Planet developer, is supposedly 2019. Uh, Journey to the Savage Planet, also 2019. 
uh, sort of an adventure game, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, much I remember about that it. trailer from the Game Awards. It was interesting. Yeah, and then Metro Exodus, February twenty second. It's kind of Fallout like. There's a following for those games. Yeah, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, you and I, I think both have the first one, but we haven't played it yet. I played like the first ten minutes of it, and then I think something else happened, and I just never went back to it. I need to. It, it was yeah. good. Uh, and then in January, uh, so in like a couple weeks, Resident Evil 2. Oh, yeah. People are very excited for that. Yeah. People are going crazy about it. Uh, and then there's the games I don't care about. So Crackdown 3. Yeah. Uh, Days Gone. PS4 exclusive. No one cares about that. Uh, Far Cry New Dawn. And mm. Gears 5. And no. Jump Force. I don't even know it. Oh, yeah. Jump Force is that weird fighting game. Yeah. The Shonen Jump fighting game where all the anime is like 3d and it looks terrible it looks kind of creepy to me actually just like the fact that they've rendered all these like 2d anime things into like weird sort of semi-realistic 3d i don't know maybe it's just the graphics i found off-putting but i don't know and that's all just the stuff that we know about i'm sure there's tons more reveals that will happen for sure but why don't you tell me what you've been watching Zach, have you heard of Counterpart? Did we talk about this already? Uh, No, I don't think so. It's on Stars, which still exists, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I work at that video store, and I was wandering around one day, and uh, I saw the cover. They had the first season released on DVD of this show that I completely forgot I wanted to watch because no one knows about Stars. Uh, did you ever watch Fringe? No, I kept hearing it was good, and I never watched it. Counterpart is sort of like uh, the last few seasons of Fringe, not the final last season, but uh, basically in, I think, the 80s or the 70s in Berlin, something happened and it opened up a portal to a mirror world of ours under this building. And uh, they were like, oh, cool, this like organization. And so they kept it secret. And the two worlds, like once they started interacting with each other, immediately started changing but they set up like offices on each side to basically learn from each other because even though the worlds became more and more different throughout the years, it was still beneficial for them to talk to each other, like sharing technologies and whatnot. Anyway, fast forward to modern day Berlin. J.K. Simmons works there, but he has no idea what it's about. He's just like an interface man, which I won't explain. But uh, he is just working at this company. He doesn't know that there's an alternate reality. He's just like basically writing on pieces of paper and then his other comes in from the other side and is like we got a problem like there's there's like it's very much like very spy craft but there are two parallel worlds running concurrent with each other and it's really 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 interesting and they are able to explore a lot of very cool ideas because like there's basically two of everybody does that sound interesting to you yeah what is this is there a place i can stream this no, <laughs> um, you have to subscribe to Stars, which I did. Uh, unfortunately, it's like through five dollars. Oh, can you do it through Amazon Prime? I think you can. I just did it sub to Stars through Amazon Prime. I just did it on my phone, so I could cancel it very easily. It's like five dollars for the first three months. So I'm gonna. I subscribed, and as soon as this second season gets done, I'm gonna cancel it because it's like so easy to cancel services on your phone. But. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. The second season is happening right now. It's I think it's halfway or over halfway done. So it has a few more weeks left, but uh, it's very interesting. Uh, it's very, very spy crafty. Like there's a lot of cool, uh, like people have like uh, signal phrases and whatnot. Like <laughs> a thing. So one of the writers, I don't remember who it was, but they posted on Twitter that the way I came became aware of this show was one of the writers was like, this is our show Bible for Counterpart. We sat down and we tried to figure out everything about the organization, everything that would be different. And it's this huge, thick volume of like everything they've decided about this world. And uh, somebody from Fringe, like one of the writers on Fringe was like, oh, this is crazy. When we were doing a parallel world plot on fringe we were just kind of winging it and then the writer on counterpart was like oh yeah i could no offense but i could kind of tell (laughs) and then that person got some backlash for being 
kind of a terrible person. But anyway, <laughs> they put a lot of time into uh, developing this world, and it really shows. Like, it's a very rich lore that goes on. And actually, the next episode that's going to air tomorrow or Sunday is, like, about the genesis of the break in the world and, like, how the two universes came to be. So that's going to be very interesting, and people are very much anticipating that. But no one knows about the show because no one cares about stars. I feel like if this was on Netflix, everyone would be talking about this show. It's like, I would say it's almost better than Stranger Things. Like, really? it would be a boon. Yeah, it would be a boon for Netflix if they had gotten this. But for whatever reason, it's being produced by stars, and I think it's like their only show. I guess they have like uh, Broken Sails. Is that a show? I don't know. But uh, it's oh, weird. The, like, no one is talking. The pirate one, Black Sails? Black Sails, that's right. Uh, yeah, nobody talks no about is, that show either. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame because I, I bet that's really good too. But just like no one has stars, so nobody knows. But Counterpart is really good, and I highly recommend it. Mm. Well, I have been watching something completely different from that. Um, actually, so I, I said at the beginning of the show that I was catching up on some TV and I noticed that the show Spaced was on Amazon Prime, and you had actually recommended it to me, like, years ago. Um, but, yeah, Spaced is basically the show that gave director Edgar Wright and actor Simon Pegg and Nick Frost their big break. And it's uh, about these two friends, uh, one played by Simon Pegg, the other played by Jessica Hines, that, and they pretend to be a couple in order to get, like, the only apartment they can afford to live in that, like, has the stipulation that they only want couples to move in there. Uh, and so, yeah, they're, they are basically trying to maintain their lie, but they're also, like, trying to get jobs and they have, like, a handful of fun side characters that sort of get involved in their lives as well. But one of the things that I like about it quite a bit is sort of one of the things I like about that Nirvana the Band, the show that we've talked about, I think, in the past, mm-hmm. is that it's also, like, heavy with, like, geek culture references. So, like, Tim is this, like, comic book artist, and he's so he's always drawing, like, comic book characters, but he also, like, plays video games all the time. And this is, like, late 90s, early 2000s, so he's, like, playing on, like, an old PlayStation or whatever. And there's even one episode where they make this, like, very overt, like, Star Wars reference where... <laughs> I, I forget the context of it, but like it's basically the end of Empire Strikes Back where he's like standing next to the girl and the, he like puts his arm around her and it's like they're looking out of the the ship and the like closing music of like a Star Wars movie starts playing. It's like, I don't know. I really enjoy stuff like that when they can like make these sort of knowing references that like that's... um an example of like good geek culture TV and not like dumb big bang theory type stuff. (laughs) It's such a good, you can really see the Genesis of almost all of their films. Uh, Edgar Wright's films, like the, what is it? Cornetto trilogy. I don't remember what it's called, but um, like there's a zombie esque episode. There's an episode where they have a bunch of guns, like in, um, what was the cop one? Um, Fuzz, hot fuzz. Hot fuzz. Uh, it's just really cool. Like, he's got the cool cinematography of, like, whip panning around yeah. and stuff. And Edgar Wright it's is just definitely a joy to watch. one of the best, like, comedic directors working today. Like, just the yeah. way he, like you are talking about, the way he uses his camera and, like, uh, he's able to get, like, uh, sort of stage comedy uh, very well with like the way he shoots stuff and edits stuff so that it's not just like relying on lines of dialogue or like pratfalls or something like that. He's able to like actually film it in a way that's also funny. You said you were watching uh, Black Books too, weren't you? Yeah. So as soon as I got done marathoning Spaced, uh, Black Books popped up in my recommendations and like I think I'd seen an episode or two of it before because it had been recommended to me on like Netflix or something. Uh, but I actually started watching it and like the first like three episodes are hilarious and just like hooked me <laughs> in to 
because uh, it's about this guy named Bernard Black, who's this like basically an alcoholic, but he runs this uh, shop that's sort of named for him called Black Books. And but he's like terrible with customer service and he doesn't know how to like run their books or do any of the finances. So he hires this like former accountant named Manny to do basically all the work for him so he can like sit around and drink wine and read books and stuff. And then um, his friend who runs the shop next door also comes over and like um, gets involved in their misadventures and everything. But like just the personality of of Bernard Black, I found uh, really hilarious. Wait, I'm trying to remember this and I can't remember. Peter Serafinowicz is in both of these shows. Does he play a very similar character in both shows? Who is this you're talking about now? You'll recognize him when you see him. He has that voice. One of them, he's like, I think in both shows, he plays an ex of the girl. If you haven't seen his show, you would love his show. He must be really far down the cast list on that. Yeah, he was only in one episode of each thing. Well, yeah, so that's the thing about this show is it also has like, uh, it'll play host to like, uh, Nick Frost, I think, is in an episode, and Simon mm. Pegg is in an episode. I think all the people from Spaced are in like an episode. Yeah. They all get their own like little special. They come in. Oh yeah, I do recognize this guy. Isn't he in both Spaced and uh, I can't remember which one it is, but there's one where the girl is really into his voice, oh, and I think yeah, in the other yeah. one. In the other one, he's like the ex or something. He might be in that. Oh, you know what? I think he's in that episode where they do the finger guns fight and he like loses something or he has like a key they need. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember exactly either. But yeah, now that you mention it, he is in both of those. And he's in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, he's a great guy. And he has his own. Sh- he was in Look Around You, uh, but he also has his own show. Uh, I think it was called the Peter Surf. I'm, like, I'm going to mess this whole on. I did not know that guy's name. Uh, beforehand, but I want to get his the name of his show right. Yeah, it is just called the Peter Serafinowicz Show. If you can find that, that's also a genius show. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I I don't know. I got hooked on that show, and I was watching it, and I ended up, ended up um marathoning the entire thing. Uh, and then after that, I started Black Adder because again, it's a show that had been recommended to me many times, and I'd seen like how is that. I'd seen like a few episodes here and there, but I hadn't actually like sat down to watch it. It's it's funny. It's uh so I mean for people that don't know, this is a, like Rowan Atkinson's show before he created Mr. Bean, uh, and it's like a mock historical comedy that aired in the '80s, and it like every season of it is sort of set in a different time period. And he's like playing like a different descendant of like the black adder line. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the first season, he's like this idiot that like, uh, like he doesn't ever know what he's doing or, and, but he is like trying to steal the throne away from like his relatives. And I think like every season after that, he's like sort of further and further away from like a place of power, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a funny show. It's kind of like uh, it reminded me a lot of um, Monty Python. So like if you kind of enjoy that sense of humor, you'd probably enjoy the show. Interesting. But yeah, I I watched I only think I watched the first like season and a half of it before I moved on to other things. But but yeah, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of British TV. So I actually, <laughs> I wrote up a, a post on like recommendations for like British sitcoms to stream on oh. starsidecafe.com. Ah, our new website. Our new website. Plug. So I, yeah, I wrote a little thing up there that I will link in our show notes so you can go check that out if you're at all interested in any of these shows. Well, Zach, I think that about does it for this week. Uh Please join us next week when we'll talk about even more stuff that we want to talk about. <laughs> even more? That, I feel like maybe that's the new tagline for this podcast is stuff we think is interesting. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe so. We should put that in the description of what <laughs> the show is. But before we go, why don't you give us your parting wisdom? Oh, that's right. I thought of something while we were recording. Zach, how often do you make mac and cheese? Pretty much never.
I make it every once in a while because I have a great recipe that involves making a roux and then dumping in a bunch of shells and a bunch of cheese and then toasting uh, some panko breadcrumbs and then putting them on top. And it's very good. I'm actually going to have some for dinner tonight. But invariably, when I reheat it, it's not as good until I figured out this secret hack, Zach, that I think you're going to love. Okay. You put in all the cheese that you want to when you're making up your mac and cheese, but the final cheese you put in the is a bunch cheese. of cream. I like it. The final cheese <laughs> is you put in a bunch of cream cheese, and for whatever reason, when that's in the mix, it reheats a lot better, and it's more like the first time you ate it. Really? So my my wisdom today is that if you're gonna make a big batch of mac and cheese that you're gonna eat for a couple days, why not put some cream cheese in it? To increase its uh, shelf life. Do you put it in like the first time you make it or is that something you like mix in before you reheat no, it? No, no, no. No, you put it in the first time you make it. I mean, that would make it less healthy, but it would also make it taste more like a crab ragoon. It's already super unhealthy. <laughs> that would be why I I'll don't, show you the recipe I use. That would probably be why I don't eat a lot of mac and cheese. It's so good though. I mean, it's pretty good, but... If you were going to make a large batch of something to eat over two or three days, what would it be? Uh, that's a good question. So, like, a big thing, like, one of the big holiday gifts this year uh, around my family, like, everybody was exchanging, um, what are they, pressure cookers? They're like the... Oh, those Instant Pots? Yeah, yeah, Instant Pots. Uh, and... Like, they came up with this recipe where they could, like, throw a bunch of stuff in it, and it was basically, like, um, some sort of taco-like dish that basically had rice and, like, meat and all this stuff that you could basically take out and throw in, like, either a taco shell or, like, a tortilla or just, like, eat it, like, on a plate or whatever alone sounds great and it was super tasty and the thing is you could like make a ton of it in an instapot like super quickly and then just like have it to eat later like the rest of the week so i would do that i would i would love to get this recipe from you because my dad is actually they got an instapot for christmas and he doesn't want it so he's giving it to me Ooh, you're very lucky i would love i would love to get this recipe from you i will find out what it is and send it to you Excellent. All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode. Maybe next episode we'll have that recipe for everybody. <laughs> Maybe but, so. Uh, we'll see you next time. Well, wait. First, follow us on Twitter at Starside oh, yeah. Cafe and yes. send us an email at starsidecafe at gmail.com. And Go check out that new website. Check out the website, starsidecafe.com. Also, we have an Instagram. If you just search Starside Cafe, we're on there. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.